Divine Clue. Checking. Everything all right? Yep, two corpses, everything's fine. Hello and welcome to episode 69 of Two Geeks, Two Beers with me, Tom, and the, I don't, this doesn't mean anything, the Colonel Mustard to my Professor Plum, it's Morgan. Nice, nice. Doesn't mean anything. But, it means nothing, it's meaningless, totally meaningless. Um, so for this episode, I've picked one of my all-time favourite movies, and one that I think is a pretty Marmite movie. I think uh, you either get or you don't get this film. It's a Marmite movie, not a Mustard movie. Very good, very good. Um, it is Clue. Now, on paper, I know a movie based on a board game, the board game Cluedo, or Clue as it's called in the States, sounds rather bonkers. But once you get past the oddity of its source material, it is, in my opinion, a fantastic, hilarious, and at times quite scary murder mystery farce. So, have you seen it? No, I... I, I, I was going to say I literally haven't got a clue about Clue. Oh. I, my my knowledge, like uh, my knowledge of this subject, is scant at best. I have never clueless. seen. I have never. I am clueless. I have never seen Clue, so I'm literally without a clue. Um, <laughs> I have, and I think I've not. I maybe have played Cluedo once ever, and I don't really understand. I know. I know. I know all the stuff about. Colonel Mustard in the study with the candlestick, but I, I, I've never played yeah. it. I've never watched it. Got no connection well, to this whatsoever. <laughs> Great, well, good start. Well, uh, this will be a classic two geeks uh, history lesson episode. Then, uh, yeah. Was um Cluedo for you? Because I loved Cluedo growing up as a mm. as a board game, and I you know still play it every every Christmas. Um, whereas Monopoly never played. Oh. Um, recently played for the first time during lockdown, and it took me. The whole game for me to understand how it works and i still don't really understand it so is it the same for you with cluedo well i think maybe it's like you know how you're like you're either a bbc household or an itv household mm. maybe maybe it's the same maybe you're either a, a, a cluedo household or a monopoly yeah. household because we, we were very much a monopoly household but but uh. but i hated monopoly because <laughs> i was bad at it but also you're I mean, still bad at money now <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, it didn't yeah. teach me anything. I'm still terrible with handling my money, but and managing money and buying property. Um, <laughs> but also, yeah, um, Monopoly is perfect for lockdown because it takes fucking yeah. forever. It takes like a day to play a single game. And actually, I think most games of Monopoly we played, we would just give up because it would just be like, oh, yeah. oh, this has been six hours. Should we just should we just give up and watch some telly? Yeah, let's just, let's just do that. So. Well, because you know, if you play it with two people, it's fine. Mm. But I assume if you play it with like six or seven people, that could go on for days because. Yeah, it's like, like, one winner, it, like Cluedo. One winner, it ends as soon as someone wins. Whereas yeah. properly, I assume you go until everyone's bankrupt apart from one. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Oh my god, why does it, everyone love it so much? It, I, I, I guess, I guess it fills the time. I think maybe it was invented um, during a gentler age time. when there was less yeah. to do, and it, you know, yeah. you know how like people used to go and like go to the cinema and watch like. It would be like oh, yeah. all day, and they'd yeah, watch a yeah. double feature with a little animation in between, and they'd be like, "It's great because I've got nothing else to do, so I'll spend all day doing this." I think it was the same with Monopoly, and and again, now perfect. You can spend all day playing Monopoly because what the fuck else are we going to do? Well, um, I was going to point this out with this film in particular. So I feel like everyone growing up, particularly in our generation and before, mm. um, in an age before the internet and DVDs, you kind of grew up on the films and TV shows that your parents just sort of happened to record from telly or bought VHSs of. Absolutely. I'm, I mean, my a lot of my uh, geeky obsessions as a child were spun off from one particular VHS tape that my brother that my brother had compiled, like a mixtape of just great '80s cartoons. So it was like it was like Thundercats. Ulysses 31, Muppet Babies. Basically, it's like an episode list of the Two Geeks, Two Beers podcast. So, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what, you, what you're talking about. Yeah, you, you have a relatively small pool of, like, films. And as a kid, you, you watched them over and over again. Because, again, mm. you didn't have Netflix or anything like that. You just watched whatever you had. Um, and you might not have even understood most of it. You just sort of, for whatever reason, the combination of everything, whether it's the characters or whatever, you just really enjoyed. And Clue, for me, was one of them. Um, I love the characters, the setting. Uh, the mood of it all um but 
turns out I'm I'm not alone because even though it wasn't, this is a classic two geek staple. Even though it wasn't the best received movie of all time, mm. it was as we always say, gone on to have a cult following. Fantastic, um, perfect for that, two geeks fair. Yeah, and uh, you know nowadays they do make movies out of anything like Angry Birds or Battleship or whatever. But back then it was quite a bold move to try it, and it, it, it backfired a little bit, but. <laughs> It got there in the end. It was a bold uh, and stupid move. So I'll give you a little mini history lesson of, of Cluedo the game. Shall Please I? Do. I, know, I know very little about it. So known as Clue in America, Cluedo is a murder mystery game for three to six players that was devised in 1943 by Anthony E. Pratt from Birmingham wow. in England. So uh, sorry, you, you may well get onto this, but yeah. so it was Cluedo originally. Yeah, so it was invented in Birmingham, yeah. So do, And did they just decide... What does that even mean, Cluedo? Exactly, exactly. Well, Cluedo is a play on Clue and Ludo, which is Latin for I play. Uh, and so they put it together. Whereas in America, they're just like, let's ah, call it Clue because it's all about finding clues, isn't it? Which, you know, fine. Cluedo just sounds better, doesn't it? It's just easier to say. But it is one of those things that I've never really thought why it's called Cluedo. No, it's just, it's just, no. it's just a, it's an iconic thing, Cluedo. But okay, Clue, Ludo. Uh, first manufactured by Waddington's in the UK in 1949 and uh, since then uh, been relaunched and updated several times and is currently owned by and published by the American game and toy company Hasbro. <laughs> Solving this mystery can be murder. So in case you didn't know, the object of the game is to determine who murdered the game's victim, where the crime took place, and which weapon was used. Each player assumes the role of one of the six suspects and attempts to deduce the correct answer by strategically moving around a game board representing the rooms of a mansion and collecting clues about the circumstances of the murder from the other players. So essentially you, you show the cards each time to you guess them, and if, if the next person has any of those, you you, have, you reveal it, and one by one you tick them off until you have none left, and you can make a guess. But it is possible to just make a random guess in your first go if you wanted it, and you, if you got it right, that's the end of the game. So, so is it kind of like guess who, but like guess who yeah. killed this person? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um. So let's get you in the mood of the film by showing you the trailer, shall we? Every person in this room has the perfect motive Stand back! for murder. What do you mean? Murder. But only one of these suspects is the murderer. Is it the timid Mr. Green? Why are you screaming? Because I'm right out one! Screaming! Or the militant Colonel Mustard? Oh, if I was the killer, I would kill you next. Huh? I said half. Mrs. White, who helped her husband on his way. What's well, a matter of life after death? Now that he's dead, I have a life. Ah! Miss Scarlet, who's helped many men along the way. Practice makes perfect. Huh. Professor Plum, who's looking for a way. I'm looking, I'm looking. Mrs. Peacock. I have absolutely no idea what we're doing here, but I am determined to enjoy myself. Or did the butler do it? No. 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 Paramount Pictures invites you to an evening of mystery. Let us in! Let us in! Let us out! Let us out! Murder. This is getting quite serious. And madness. <laughs> in the movie that makes a scene of the crime. Clue. It's not just a game anymore. What a cast. I know. I say, looks like a lot of fun. So, um... Yeah, did you not know some of those people that were in the film? I, I think the only person I knew was in the film was Tim Curry, famously. Probably because like, I banged on about it. Well, and, and we <laughs> both are a little bit obsessed with Tim Curry. We should just do a, yeah. an episode all about Tim Curry's yes, yes, career yeah. at some point, from Command and Conquer to Loaded Weapon 1. Um, but I feel like that trailer didn't, um, even though it looked, you know, it's good, but it doesn't really sell it as well as it could do. It makes it look really silly, which it is at times, but it's, it's not as silly as it makes out. Um, or the other way around. You know what I mean? Anyway, Cluedo was directed by Jonathan Lynn, the English filmmaker who also directed uh, films such as uh, My Cousin Vinny. And he also co-created and co-wrote Yes Minster and Yes Prime Minister, the, uh, the sitcoms. Did you say Yes Minster? I did. And I hope <laughs> I'd get away with it. Because uh, I was born near Wimborne Minster. Which you know, There we go. Little fact for you there. Um, it was produced by Halloween co-writer Deborah Hill and written by uh, Lynn alongside a story with executive producer John Landis. So you had a you know a decent team 
at the helm. And it, Landis, American werewolf in London, right? And and, yeah. and and Deborah Hill. So actually, it does have some serious horror credentials, does Clue. Exactly. So let's go through the cast. So first up, obviously, you've said it, Tim Curry plays Wadsworth, a butler who once worked for a character called Mr. Body and is seeking justice for his wife. Ladies and gentlemen, you all have one thing in common. You're all being blackmailed. Don't you say much about Tim Curry? Legend. You know, as you say, all I mean, doing literally things. legend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very good. Very good. Um, Eileen Brennan uh, plays Mrs. Peacock, the wife of a U.S. senator who is accused of taking bribes. Uh, well, if you'll excuse me, I have to. Um, um, is there another girl's room in the hall? Oui, oui, madame. No, I just want a powder my nose. Thank you. Uh, she sadly died in 2013. Um, but she is known for playing uh, Captain Doreen Lewis in Private Benjamin, for which she received an Oscar nomination for Best Sporting Actress. Um, and she reprised that role in the TV adaptation, which she didn't even know existed. And she won a Golden Globe and an Emmy for that. Um, she also worked loads in TV and uh, stage. She also received Emmy nominations for New Heart, 30-something, Taxi, and Will and Grace. So she did all sorts. Wow. That's, um, pre- that's pretty good to, like, you play a role in cinema and you get an Oscar nomination. You play yeah. on TV, you get an Emmy nomination. You're like, you exactly. nailed it both times. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Madeline Kahn is brilliant as Mrs. White, uh, the widow of a nuclear physicist who died under suspicious circumstances. You were jealous that your husband was stripping her that. That's why you killed him, too. Yes. Yes, I did it. I hated her so much. It, it, the, it flamed, flames, flames on the side of my face, breathing, breath, heaving breaths. But while we were in the billiard room, uh, this guy really funny actress, um, known for sort of comedy roles, normally with uh, Mel Brooks. Uh, she was in What's Up Doc, Young Frankenstein, and uh, won an Oscar for, or at least nominated for an Oscar for Blazing Saddles and Paper Moon. Um, she sadly died aged just 57 in 1999. Um, Mr. Christopher Lloyd pro- plays Professor Plum a year before Back to the Future. So even though he was. Um, he was sort of a thing because he was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and, you know, films like that. But, you know, it was, his breakout role was a year. Mm. No, the, sorry, the same year, 85, obviously. Not Good year before. for Christopher Lloyd. What a year, year for Christopher Lloyd. So, yeah, he plays Professor Plum, a disgraced former psychiatrist working for the World Health Organization, would you believe? What sort of pictures are they? They are my pictures and I like them back, please. No, I'm afraid there's something in them that concerns me, too. Let me see. Oh, no. Nobody can get into that position. Sure they can. Let me show you. Michael McKean plays Mr. Green, a State Department employee. Again, brilliant comedic actor known for lots of things, including uh, Laverne and Shirley, This is Spinal Tap, uh, Better Call Saul more recently. And he's currently starring in, uh, what was it, Breeders with Martin Freeman? Yeah, great show. Yeah, so he's still in work, as it were. <laughs> I, love, I love that bit. Like, Michael McKean, still in work. Is it McKean? I always call him Michael McKean. I think either way we've undersold him. Sorry, sorry, Michael. Still working. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I told you I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And you were very right. I I didn't think you were, but you were right. Martin Mull plays Colonel Mustard, a war profiteer employed to be a client of Mrs. Scarlet's service. Um, Brilliant character actor, known for roles in Roseanne and Sabrina the Teenage Witch as Willard. Uh, he also appeared often in Arrested Development as well. Wadsworth, am I right in thinking there is nobody else in this house? Mm, no. Then there is someone else in this house. No, sorry. I said no meaning yes. No meaning yes? Look, I want a straight answer. Is there someone else or isn't there yes or no? Um, no. No, there is or no, there isn't. Yes. Leslie Ann Warren plays Miss Scarlet, a sassy Washington, D.C. madam. Who would want to kill the cook? Dinner wasn't that bad. How can you make jokes at a time like this? It's my defence mechanism. A prolific Broadway and TV and film actress. Um, played Dana Lambert in Mission Impossible, the original series. And was nominated for an Oscar as well for Best Footing Actress. Uh, and Golden Globe for playing Norma in Victor Victoria. So, you know, a lot of pedigree in this cast. A lot of pedigree. Also, Colleen Camp plays Yvette, a maid who, um, who works, who used to work as a cool girl for Miss Scarlet. Now works as a maid for, for Wadsworth. Bon d'accord. But it is dark upstairs and I am frightened of the dark. Will anyone go with me? I will. I will. Uh, you may know her for various sporting roles in films such as Apocalypse Now, Die Hard with a Vengeance. She was one of the uh, detectives working on, on the case uh, and American Hustle more recently. And finally, Lee Ving, what a name, played Mr. Body with two Ds and a Y, who has been blackmailing the uh, six guests of uh, of 
Um, he was mostly best known for this. It's kind of his own. Oh. <laughs> Everyone else is like, like Oscar nominated, <laughs> Back to the Future, one of the biggest franchises of all time. Yeah. And then this guy who's mostly known for being in Clue. But if you love the punk rock band Fear, he is the lead singer and rhythm guitarist for Slayer. Oh, that's pretty. That's, I mean, yeah. sure, all these other people had Oscar nominations and Golden Globe nominations, yeah. but were they lead singer in a punk band? No, they weren't. Exactly. So um, shall I go through the plot bit by bit as you haven't seen the film? Uh, I'm going to spoil it for you, but you should see it anyway once I've done this. Yeah, right. ruin the film for me. And then at the end, I'll tell you if I still want to watch it. Okay. So, set in 1954, six strangers are invited to a secluded New England mansion, uh, met by Wadsworth the butler and Yvette. It says here, I haven't written this, the sexy and busty maid. Um, <laughs> yeah, each good, good to clarify that, yeah. Each guest is given a pseudonym, Colonel Mustard, Mrs. White, Mrs. Peacock, Mr. Green, Professor Plum and Miss Scarlet. Oh, so those aren't their actual names? No, not their names. At least us... not within the fiction of in the, in, film. In the cinematic universe. So they've given them, like, backstory. I like yeah, this, exactly. like, like yeah, digging yeah, into their yeah. origins. Nice. Exactly. Um, a seventh guest arrived, Miss, Mr. Body, whom Wadsworth reveals has been blackmailing the others. Mrs. Peacock was accused of taking bribes for her husband, a US senator. Mrs. White suspected in the death of her husband, a nuclear physicist. Professor Plum had an affair with a patient, losing his medical license. Miss Scarlet runs an underground brothel in Washington, D.C. Colonel Mustard is a war profiteer, and Mr. Green is a homosexual, a secret that would cost him his State Department job. Just to... It was the 50s, okay? So... Um, Wadsworth explains that he gathered everyone to confront Mr. Body because he's also um, threatening his wife. So, threatening to expose the guests if he is arrested, Mr. Body gives them each a weapon, a candlestick, dagger, lead pipe, revolver, rope and wrench. Demanding that someone kill Wadsworth, he turns out the lights. So let's watch this clip. It's leaving as Mr. Body being hilarious and he comes across as a bit of a shit Nick Cotton, if you can imagine that. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> this this is the guy who is only known for being in this movie, right? Yeah. I'm yeah, not surprised yeah. given that you've just said he's a worse actor than John Altman. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Fuck me. You each have a lethal weapon. If you denounce me to the police, you will also be exposed and humiliated. I'll see to that in court. But... If one of you kills Wadsworth now, no one but the seven of us will ever know. He has the key to the front door, which he said would only be opened over his dead body. <laughs> I suggest we take him up on that offer. The only way to avoid finding yourselves on the front pages is for one of you to kill Wadsworth. Now! <laughs> it's not Wadsworth. Is he alive? Mr. Body. Stand Body. back! Come here! Let me see. He's dead. I did. Then you shot him. I didn't. Well, you had the gun. If you didn't shoot him, who did? Nobody. Look, there's no gunshot wound. Somebody tried to grab the gun from me in the dark, and the gun went off. Look, the bullet broke that vase on the mantel. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. He's absolutely right. Look, there's a bullet hole here in the wall. See that? Huh? How did he die? I don't know. I'm not a forensic expert. Well, one of us must have killed him. Well... I didn't do it. Oh, I need a drink. What do you think? Wow. I mean, plot twist. Yeah, see? It's interesting. Didn't see, it, didn't see it coming. So a gunshot rings out and the lights are turned on to reveal Mr. Body apparently dead without any indication as to how. Uh, Wadsworth explains that his wife committed suicide due to Mr. Body's blackmail because uh, she refused to name friends who were socialists. And she had uh, summoned the guest to force confession out of Mr. Body and turn him over to the police. Later, the cook is found dead, stabbed by uh, with a dagger, obviously. Um, Mr. Body's body disappears, but is then rediscovered, killed with the candlestick. How do you how do you kill someone with a candlestick? Like whack them. Just whack them over the head with it, really. really go at them. Yeah. Right, okay. I, but I mean, yeah. but I guess with the, the, the bottom half, not with the whack, waxy half. Because that would that yeah. would take a while. He's got new injuries. Well, he's certainly dead now. 
Why would anyone want to kill him twice? It seems so unnecessary. Well, it's what we call overkill. What we call a psychotic. Unless he wasn't dead before. What's the difference? That's what we're trying to find out. We're trying to find out who killed him and where and with what. There's no need to shout. I'm not shouting. All right, I am. I'm shouting. I'm shouting. I'm shouting. Well, Tim Curry there explaining the, the whole point of Clue by we are trying to work out who killed him and where and with what. Yeah. See, that's what you that's what you call. They didn't put that in the trailer. They should have done because that's like that's the ultimate trailer line. That's, that's economic dialogue, um, is what that is. Exactly. Uh, so the weapons are then locked in a cupboard, and then a stranded motorist arrives and is locked in the lounge. While the guests search the mansion in pairs to try and find out. Um, See if they. I think they. At this point, they think another. There's another murder in the house, or or something like that, because they. They're all saying we didn't do it, so there must be someone else in here. Someone burns the blackmail evidence, including like secret microfilm that uh, Colonel Mustard has. Uh, they unlock the cupboard and kill the motorist with the wrench, discovering a secret passage. Colonel Mustard and Miss Scarlet then find themselves locked wait, in. Wait, wait, wait. Why, why do they kill the motorist? We don't know yet. Oh, oh! Someone kills them. Someone, motorist. someone kills them. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you meant like the gang. <laughs> Not all of them. Yeah, no, right. no. Just someone kills the motorist. Um, discovering a secret passage, Colonel Mustard and Miss Scarlet find themselves locked in the lounge with the motorist's corpse until Yvette shoots the door open with the revolver. The door's locked. I know. Then unlock it. Where's the key? The key's gone. Never mind about the key. Unlock the door. Unlock the door without the key. Let us in. Let us in. Then, a police officer investigating the motorist's abandoned car arrives to use the phone. Uh, the mansion receives a call, as you do, from J. Edgar Hoover, which uh, Wadsworth takes alone. Yeah, um, just, go, just go with it. Uh, successfully distracting the cop, uh, the guests resume their search until the electricity is turned off by someone. Yvette, the cop, and the singing telegram girl are murdered with the rope, lead pipe, and revolver, respectively. There's something funny going on around here. I don't know what it is. No, I'm not on duty. But I have a feeling that I'm in danger. You know that big, ugly house on top? Hello? Hello? Are you there? Did I did I miss the point at which it was explained why there's a singing telegram girl at the? At no, the house? no. We'll go on to that. Um, okay. Good, good, good. Yeah. Don't worry. Um, so uh, Wadsworth and the others regroup after he turns the electricity back on, and he reveals he knows who the murderer is in classic Jonathan Creek style, uh, recreating the night's events. Yes. Yes. Classic. You could have picked any detective. Could have gone. I could have gone Poirot. Gone, Poirot. Poirot. Yeah. You avoid to say Poirot because you know you can't say Poirot. That's what it is. So you went, shit, I can't say Poirot. I'll say, Poirot. I'll, say jo I'll say Jonathan Creek. That's easy. <laughs> it's easy to say. I see you. I know what you're doing. Recreating the night's events, Wadsworth explains that the five other victims were all Mr. Body's informants. So this is where it gets really interesting. So in the theatrical screening, when it was released at cinemas, audiences would be shown one of three endings. Whereas in the home media release and whenever it was shown on television, all three endings were included. Wait, wait, wait. So, so when when it was released in cinemas, they they didn't. Yeah, they screened three different versions of the film yeah. essentially with three and different I, endings. And I think when you went to the cinema at the time, it said um, this is Clue ending A, ending B, or ending C. So you, the, the the idea was, and it was quite you know quite uh, revolutionary in its own way. It didn't work. It backfired horrifically. But that you'd go and see it three times. We'd see it three times, but. Um, but in, instead, people didn't know which one they wanted to go and see. They didn't know what it meant, so they didn't go at all. Also, also, that that's an idea that would only work then, because now yeah. you just go online and it would be exactly um, clue endings A, B, and C explained. Yeah, you know, every single ending that clue has, you know, you'd instantly be able to find all the answers. Exactly. So, um, thankfully, the only version I've ever seen is the one that had all three endings. So, what they did was um, in the, in the home release, it said that. Ending A and ending B were possible endings, but ending C was how it actually happened. Oh, I'm glad I'm glad they clarified that, because otherwise that yeah. would annoy me if I didn't know which exactly. ending was, was Clue canon. Yeah. Well, I remember when we talked about Bandersnatch in a previous episode, I, I referenced yeah. Clue for that precise reason, because Bandersnatch didn't have a definitive ending. 
And it annoyed me for that reason. Whereas Clue, at least said, this is how it ended. So ending A uh, shows that uh, Yvette murdered the cook and uh, Mr. Body on orders of Miss Scarlet, for whom she once worked as a cool girl. Scarlet then killed Yvette and the other victims, trying to sell the guests secrets. Scarlet then prepares to shoot Wadsworth, who asserts that there were no more bullets, and disarms Scarlet as the cops arrive. Um, and it, it reveals that Wadsworth is actually an undercover FBI agent. So uh, would you like to see that bit? I would love to see that bit in particular. Okay, good. And it's no good blackmailing me, madam. I have no more money. And neither do I. do I. I know, sweetie pie. But you can pay me in government information. All of you. Except you, Wadsworth. You, as a mere butler, have no access to government secrets. So, I'm afraid your moment has come. Not so fast, Miss Scarlet. I do have a secret or two. Oh, yeah, such as? The game's up, Scarlet. There are no more bullets left in that gun. Oh, come on. You don't think I'm going to fall for that old trick. It's not a trick. There was one shot at Mr. Body in the study, two for the chandelier, two at the lounge door, and one for the singing telegram. That's not six. One plus two plus two plus one. Uh-uh. There was only one shot that got the chandelier. That's one plus two plus one plus one. Even if you were right, that would be one plus one plus two plus one, not one plus two plus one plus one. Okay, fine. One plus two plus one. Shut up! The point is... There's one bullet left in this gun, and guess who's going to get it? Oh! Ah! I'm only a guest. Where's the chief? Ah, Wadsworth, well done. I did warn you, my dear. Mr. Hoover is an expert on Armageddon. Wadsworth. I don't hate me for trying to shoot you. Frankly, Scarlett, I don't give a damn. As I was trying to tell you, there are no bullets left in this gun, you see? One plus two. Plus one. Plus two. Plus one. Is... That's a good end. It could have ended like that. I think people, a lot of people would have been happy with that. But there was ending B as well. Um, Mrs. Peacock, in this one, killed all the victims, all of them, to conceal her taking bribes from foreign powers. She holds the others at gunpoint while escaping to her car, but is caught by the chief, who is um, waiting outside. Wadsworth reveals that he is, yet again, an undercover FBI agent sent to investigate her. What are you supposed to do about it? Nothing. Nothing? Nothing at all. I don't approve of murder. But it seems to me you've done the world a public service by ridding it of an appalling blackmailer and his disgusting informers. But the police will be here any minute. What happens then? Why should the police come? Nobody's called them. You mean... That's right. Now, I suggest that we stack the bodies in the cellar, lock it, leave quietly one at a time, and pretend that none of this has ever happened. Great idea. I'll leave first, if you don't mind. Be my guest. In fact, I think we all owe you a vote of thanks. For she's a jolly good fellow. For she's a jolly good fellow. For she's a jolly good fellow. Which nobody can deny. Which nobody can deny. Which nobody can deny. For she's a jolly good fellow. For she's a jolly good fellow. For she's a jolly. I told you I didn't do it. But what if the authorities find out what happened? The FBI will take care of that. You mean my phone call from Mr. Hoover? I work for him, of course. How else could I have known everything about you all? But is the FBI in the habit of cleaning up after multiple murder? Yes. Why do you think it's run by a man called Hoover? Oh, Mrs. Peacock. How did you know my name? Take her away. Take your hands off me. I'm the senator's wife. Wadsworth, we got her. You see, like the Mantis, we always get our man. Mrs. Peacock was a man? <coughs> Would anyone care for fruit or dessert? But ending C is the true one. Any guesses to what you think it may be? 
Not a clue. Okay, so Professor Plum. I'm, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess that Wadsworth is an FBI agent. I am going to. Okay. All right. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, no, no, I'm just going to stick with that. Okay. Well, in this ending, um, Professor Plum missed Mr. Body with the gunshot, but later killed him with the candlestick. Uh, Mrs. Peacock stabbed the cook, her former employee. Colonel Mustard bludgeoned the motorist, his driver during World War II. Mrs. White strangled Yvette out of jealousy and hatred for her affair with her husband. And Miss Scarlet clubbed the cop with whom she was bribing. And then this occurs. So it must have been Mr. Green who shot the singing telegram. I didn't do it. Well, there's nobody else left. But I didn't do it. The gun is missing. Whoever's got the gun shot the girl. I shot her. You? So it was you. I was going to expose you. I know. So I choose to expose myself. Please, there are ladies present. You thought Mr. Body was dead, but why? None of you even met him till tonight. You're Mr. Body. <laughs> Wait a minute. So who did I kill? My butler. Oh, shucks. He was expendable, like all of you. I'm grateful to you all for disposing of my network of spies and informers. Saved me a lot of trouble. Now there's no evidence against me. This all has nothing to do with my disappearing nuclear physicist husband or Colonel Mustard's work with the new top-secret fusion bomb. <laughs> no. Communism was just a red herring. But the police will be here any minute. You'll never get away with this, any of you. Why should the police come? Nobody's called them. You mean, oh, my God, of course. So why shouldn't we get away with it? We'll stack the bodies in the cellar, lock it, leave quietly one at a time, and forget that any of this ever happened. And you'll just, you'll just go on blackmailing us all. Of course. Why not? Well, I'll tell you why not. <laughs> Good shot, Green. A very. Are you a cop? No, I'm a plant. A plant? I thought men like you were usually called a fruit. Very funny. FBI. That phone call from J. Edgar Hoover was for me. I told you I didn't do it. All right, who done it? You did They all did it. But if you want to know who killed Mr. Body, I did. In the hall, with the revolver. Okay, Chief, take him away. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. <laughs> definitely, uh... definitely the best of the three endings. And also, <laughs> I, li I like that because it's a twist ending that not only works on its own merits, but works if you've seen the other endings. Yeah, it, as, exactly. you know, as, as you saw, it upended my expectations. <laughs> See? Yeah. Very um, good. Uh, so Wadsworth reveals that he shot the singing telegram girl and is the real Mr. Body. Uh, Plum just killed his butler. Um, what I love, though, is that, obviously, made in the 80s, set in the 50s, I love that the last line of the entire film was a gag about being gay. And how yeah. being gay is just being ridiculous. Uh, I just love that they, you know, that was that's the punchline of the whole film. Yeah, that's true. A, a, gay, a gay joke ended the yeah. film. Yeah, yeah, great. So the multiple ending concept was developed by John Landis, who claimed in an interview to have invited playwright Tom Stoppard, writer and composer Stephen Sondheim, and actor Anthony Perkins of uh, Psycho fame. Psycho fame. In play, yeah. Um, so the script was ended up being written by Jonathan Lynn, but... Yeah, the idea that Sondheim and, and Perkins could have teamed up for a, for a script. Amazing. I don't even know if Perkins... Is he known for his screenplays? I wasn't really sure. You know, he must have been. Not, well, I mean, not famously, not predominantly not as, known. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not, not <laughs> as well known. Right. Um, a fourth ending was also filmed, but Lynn removed it because, as he later said, it, re it, it really wasn't very good. I looked at it and I thought, no, 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 we've got to get rid of that. Um, in the U well, in the, in, well, apparently it was filmed... Um, Wadsworth committed all of the murders in this one. He was motivated by his desire for perfection. Having failed to be either the perfect husband or the perfect butler, he decided to be the perfect murderer instead. He reports that he poisoned the champagne the guests had drunk earlier so they would soon die, leaving no witnesses. 
the police and FBI arrive and Wadsworth is arrested. He breaks free and steals a police car, but his escape is thwarted when three police dogs lunge from the back seat. And that's how it ends. So he slowly kills them all and then gets murdered. Uh, no, just just kill, killed by a load of dogs. So, I mean, that is... that is a, he, he very slowly kills them. Because when, yeah. when exactly do they drink the champagne? Like, right at the start of the movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so you love, a, you love a bit of casting uh, stuff. <laughs> I love... I do... If there's one thing you know about me, Tom, is that I love a bit of casting. So, um, Carrie Fisher was originally contracted to play Miss Scarlet in this film. But sadly, she had to withdraw uh, due to entering treatment for drug and alcohol addiction. So in the end, um, she missed out. But I'd love to have seen her take that on. I think she would have been really good. Mm. Um, Jonathan Lynn's first choice to play Wadsworth was Leonard Rossiter. Um, but he Rigsby. died before filming started. Yeah, imagine that. That'd have been great. But yeah, Sally died um, soon before it started. So um, it, with him, it would have been Rising Damp. With Tim Curry, it was more Rising Camp. <laughs> Very good. But the uh, the second choice before Tim Curry was Rowan Atkinson. But it was decided that he wasn't well known enough at the time, so Tim Curry was cast instead. So was Tim Curry well known at this? Because he looks very young in this movie. Um, well, he done Rocky Horror, I guess. So there we go. Of course, um, of course. Uh, again, I think it was the same year as Legend as well, eighty-five. So a lot of stuff was uh, was going on for these guys. Big year for Christopher Lloyd and for Tim Curry. Exactly. Um, for Yvette, the maid, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, Demi Moore, and Madonna were considered for the role. Um, but eager to earn the part, Colin Camp went to her audition in a French maid costume. And weirdly, they hired yeah. on the spot. Just... Weirdly, if, if you've seen the film, I think you can understand why. Do you want me to, do you want me to read the lines? No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. You're fine, don't worry about it. Yeah, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. But, but I, want to, I want to audition, I know, I know, I know the line. No, 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 no. In a 2013 BuzzFeed retrospective, which I uh, thoroughly recommend reading if you're a fan of uh, Clue, because I really go long on it. Um, Jonathan Lynn um, admitted that although he was impressed with Camp's comedic acting skills, it was her well-endowed figure that ultimately convinced him. He said... Wow. So he, he actually said, just came out and said, I hired her. Yeah, he goes, there, there was no avoiding it. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. So, yeah. It was uh. the 80s. Um, Clue was actually filmed on sound stages at the Paramount Pictures Film Studios in Hollywood. Uh, to decorate the interior sets, authentic 18th and 19th century furnishings were rented from private collectors, including the estate of Theodore Roosevelt. Um, after completion, the set was bought by the producers of Dynasty, who used it um, as the fictional hotel of the Carlton. So nice. it was used all, uh, again. Um, all interior scenes were filmed on the lot, with the exception of the ballroom scene. Um, sadly, the whole site was destroyed in a fire in 2005. So can't do like an immersive experience of Clue, which is sad. Why, why did they keep it that long? Like, Dynasty ended in the early 90s. Like, like obviously just, sad that it's gone, but why did they hardcore, keep it that long? Hardcore Clue fans. It just, it just carried on the whole time. So the film was initially received with mixed reviews from critics. Uh, Janet Maslin of the New York Times wrote negatively the film, saying that the uh, beginning is the only part of the film that's remotely engaging. After that, it begins to drag. I sincerely and wholeheartedly disagree. <laughs> you, would, you would think she would enjoy the end if that, in that yeah. case you didn't like the film Siskel, Gene Siskel uh, ah. gave the film two and a half uh, 2.5 out of 4 stars I thought you were going to say two and a half thumbs up I'm like, how the fuck is he doing that <laughs> he said uh, Clue offers a few big laughs early on followed by a lot of characters running around on a treadmill to nowhere um, <laughs> that's going well so far Tom yeah, Roger Ebert, he gave the film two stars out of four, writing that uh, despite a promising cast, the film's screenplay is so very, very thin that the actors spend most of their time looking frustrated, as if they've just been cut off right before they're about to say something interesting, which I totally disagree with. I feel like the screenplay is one of the strongest things about the film. I was thinking there, watching it, I love how most of it doesn't have music in it. Most of it is like it's um, you're going to see a, a play at theatre, um, mm. which is really well written. I mean, it's it's... It's the guy behind Yes Minster, so he's going to really... Gonna I mean, you know. you know, if you can write a show of the of the quality of Yes Minster, <laughs> then of course, <laughs> you know, it's going to be a great script. Uh, Universal Studios announced in 2011 that a new film based on the game was being developed. Uh, the film was initially dropped, but then resumed as Hasbro teamed up with Gorb Verbinski to produce and direct. Um, but in 2016... Um, Hasbro had landed at 20th Century Fox and they were still overseeing the project. The film would be a worldwide mystery with action adventure elements, potentially setting up a possible franchise. 
So, wait, wait, so, so sounds what, a bit, like, like, bit Jumanji, essentially. But but how how do you do a worldwide version of Clue or Cluedo? There's like a the, the study is in Asia and the ballroom yeah. is in. Maybe Europe. it's done over Skype or Zoom or something, and that's how they do it in lockdown. You know, a, uh, a, a Zoom who done it would actually be really good. It's a really it, good idea. You heard it here Don't first. Don't steal my idea. Don't steal my yeah. idea. In January 2018, Fox announced that Ryan Reynolds. Um, of course. Is there any is there any fran- is there any franchise that at some point hasn't had fucking Ryan Reynolds well, attached? Well, exactly. Well, they said he would star in a live action remake of Clue with Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, writers for Deadpool, um, as scriptwriters. In 2019, it was reported that of all people, Jason Bateman was in talks to direct the film. Uh, but by February 2020, Bateman was no longer attached. Instead, James Bobin had been in talks for directing it. So it's still very much talked about as early, you know, as recently as February 2020. Bobin, he was uh, Flight of the Concords. That was his big thing, I think. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I'm intrigued, but I don't think it'll be anything to do or connected or anything like this film. I think it'll be a, a totally brand new thing. Um, so a weird little thing here. I've never seen Psych, the TV series. Have you seen it? Have you watched it? No, I, I know very. I, it's basically The Mentalist with jokes. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure it's great. I'm sure you know it's got a massive. I'm sure, I'm sure it's great. It's quite cult, I think. It's got its own fan base. Um, but for its 100th episode, they did an episode titled "100 Clues," and it featured Clue stars Martin Mull, Christopher Lloyd, and Leslie Ann Warren as suspects in a series of murders at a mansion. The episode, in addition, in addition to many jokes and themes in homage to the film includes multiple endings in which the audience, separately for the East and West Coast viewership in America, decided who was the real killer, and it was dedicated to the memory of Madeleine Kahn. Now, how niche is that? I mean, it's... I think, it's... I, I think, I think Psych did a lot of these kind of niche tributes. Right, but also, I like okay. the idea that in their 100th episode, they go, should we do an episode celebrating our own show, Psych? Yeah, no. Yeah. No, let's do an episode all about Clue. Good on you. Amazing. Uh, yeah, great. But, but very niche. That is, that is incredible. Of course it was you, Martin, who loosened the screws on the ginormous chandelier, knowing full well it was Billy's magic spot, and it was only a matter of time. Everyone got what they had coming. I'm the smartest guy in the room. I should always win. Always. That's behind your back, Professor. There we go. Now, Gus and I are gonna go home and make love to our wives. We're not married, Sean. Let's just go through uh, facts, shall we? We'll have a bit of factoids. Um, the colour of each character's car is the same colour as their playing piece in the game. I like that. Attention to detail. In another example of attention to detail, the secret passages in this movie led to the same rooms they do in the board game. So the kitchen leads to the study and the conservatory leads to the lounge. So in the board game, they have all these secret passages and made sure it did the same in the film. I love that. Nice. You were talking earlier about mustard up the secret passage, which just sounds <laughs> painful. Uh, um, when everyone is split off into pairs uh, the partners correspond with the rolling order of the game as well so Miss Scarlet and Colonel Mustard Mrs White and Wadsworth he's not a character in the game but don't worry about it uh, Mr Green and um, Yvette again don't worry about Yvette Mrs Peacock and Professor Plum so in that order um, it's the same order as you're meant to play in, in the game uh, yeah and the drawing they, there's a scene where they draw lots like um, you know uh, straws yeah. Um, it's sort of symbolic of the dice roll because the contestant referring is always referring to ladies first, which in the game you always start. Miss Scarlet always starts, so that was another little. No, no, it's sort of it's sort of the level of of attention to geeky detail that <laughs> yeah. you would expect from a movie made now, where basically all movies, and I say this with love, are made for like thirteen year old boys. Oh, yeah. Pretty much yeah, all yeah. cinema is now made for thirteen year old boys, which I quite like. Yeah. But um, you, you wouldn't expect that level of attention to nerdy detail yeah. back then. So I like that. I like this. I like this. Uh, Wadsworth says the police will arrive in 39 minutes at one point, And then the chief rings the bell at 45 minute real time uh, minutes later, which I like. So, you know, they, they, they were pretty close. Cause normally, you know, they say, they weren't right, but it was pretty close. Well, no. And later on, uh, professor Plum says they only have 15 minutes until the police come. And then exactly 15 minutes later, the, uh, the police chief rings the doorbell. So, so I, I like, does the whole film <laughs> unfold in real time? Um, pretty much, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, yeah, give or take. I like that because you know, often when it's like, um, there's going to be a bomb that explodes, and it's like we've got thirty yeah. seconds, and it says thirty seconds, and it counts down. Loads of stuff happens, then it goes back, and it's like yeah. seven seconds left. Like, yeah. what? That was three seconds. Why are you lying to me? And it just, just try. 
Um, and, there, and originally, there were endings in which each character killed off everyone once, and then the ending where they all did it. So, but then they realised that the final cut would have made the movie over like two and a half hours long. <laughs> they were going to do an ending. So, and there were endings where everyone killed yeah. everyone, but also yeah. everyone killed each person. Into, I can't even do the maths on that. Yeah. So, yeah, Jonathan Lynn just thought, yeah, that's it. It's a bit excessive. So let's uh, let's just cut it down to three endings, shall we? Um, so thoughts on the movie Clue? Well, we went into this, and I, and I went into this thinking that you would ruin this film for me, uh, and and you did. But not only yeah. did you ruin it for me, you actually ruined it for me three times. Oh, okay, um, <laughs> so that's so that's great. Yeah. Um, do, do you know what? I, I I went into this slightly cynically. I thought, how do you make uh, a decent movie out of a board game? <laughs> uh, I I can't imagine Jenga the movie would be a, a big hit at the box office, although maybe it would go on to earn a cult following. Um, but but no, this, do you know what? I, I am intrigued. Um, I may well, is it, is, it, is it out there? Is it streaming? Um, is it easily accessible? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I assume it's out there somewhere on, on Amazon Prime or something. You might have to buy it, but yeah. Um, it's definitely worth a watch. Hell of a lot of fun. Brilliant performances um, of its time, obviously. But yeah, it's really great. Um, you, you said that has any uh, about board games being made into films? Mm. Any, any other ones? Does Battleship? Does that count? Uh, uh, yeah, Battleship definitely counts. I don't know. Are there are there any more? Uh, well, uh, th- there is an article I found on Den of Geek which goes into uh, upcoming films that are being made now. Like there's Dungeons and Dragons if that counts. That's coming out, and there already was one, wasn't there? At some point, Dungeons and Dragons. There was starring <laughs> starring. Uh, I think. It- Marlon was it Marlon Wayans and 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 Justin all right yeah Justin, Justin Whalen who was the second Jimmy Olsen in uh in Lois and Clark yeah um I mean we've had like the Lego movie and we've had the Playmobil movie apparently there's a Play-Doh movie coming out I don't know how that works um and there's also it says here Monopoly the movie it is happening ah oh, and is it going to be like four hours long like any game of Monopoly <laughs> it should be I've just looked it up, and you can, if you have uh, Sky or or Now TV, you can watch Clue. Um, also, if you have uh, Stars Play on Amazon, you can watch it for free, or you can sure buy it on, or you can, or you can buy it on Amazon as well for a mere, a mere two pounds fifty. There you go. Um, well, that is it. We ha- I hope you enjoyed that uh, gruesome farce. Uh, we're back in a couple of weeks with another episode. <laughs> and that's just that's just this podcast. That's just us. Yeah. Um, if you want to hear more drunken ramblings, including other 80s films such as uh, Legend, Back to the Future and Predator, then head to uh, twogeeks2beers.com and please, as ever, subscribe uh, and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. If you don't, we will kill you with a candlestick. Uh, you can also find us uh, across all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram uh, at Two Geeks Cast. That's where you'll find us. And we're also on Patreon, where you can support us and sponsor us uh, by just donating a little bit of money. You'll get lots of exclusive goodies and a special episode that only you'll be able to get there. It's not available anywhere else. Um, And we're also on YouTube, slowly uploading clips on there. Um, And if you do want to get in touch with us, uh, what other murder mysteries could we tackle? Any other cult favourites that you think deserve some sort of love? Then uh, I think you should all all pile in, um, send us your emails, and demand... That we do an episode all about Poirot, just <laughs> no, and a Tom host, just so that he has to uh, say the name of. I just call him Hercule the whole you episode. Can't, you can't call it. It's not like Sherlock. You have you can't call it. No one calls him Hercule. You have to call him. What do you have to call him? Poirot. Poirot. There we go. Poirot. You can do it. Yeah. Well, if you want to do that, email us at podcast at two geeks two beers dot com. So to play us out. Um, I've picked one of the uh, 50s tunes that you hear during the film on the record player. Uh, It's played throughout in the background, including the hilarious moment towards the end where they keep finding just new dead bodies and it's just become so normal that they just sort of shrug, move on. Oh, there's another one. So this is the crew cuts version of classic 50s tune Shaboom. So uh, enjoy this and uh, we'll see you soon. And I, after all that, I still haven't got a clue. In life, in general. Just in life.
life could be a dream If I could take you up in paradise up above If you would tell me I'm the only one that you love Life could be a dream, sweetheart Hello, hello again Shaboom, and hoping we'll meet again Oh, life could be a dream If only all my precious plans would come true If you would let me spend my whole life loving you Life could be a dream, sweetheart Now every time I look at you Something is on my mind If you do what I want you to Baby, we'd be so fine Oh, life could be a dream If I could take you up in paradise up above If you would tell me I'm the only one that you love Life could be a dream, sweetheart Shaboom, shaboom Yalalalalalalala Shaboom, shaboom Yalalalalalalala Shaboom, shaboom Yalalalalalala Shaboom Shaboom, shaboom Every time I look at you, something is on my mind. If you do what I want you to, baby, we'd be so fine. Life could be a dream. Life could be a dream, sweetheart. Hello, hello again. Shaboom, and hoping we'll meet again. Boom, shaboom. If only all my precious plans would come true If you would let me spend my whole life loving you Life could be a dream, sweetheart So if you could play any of the, uh, any of the characters Do yeah. any of the colours, what would it be? Professor Plum. It's yeah. fun to say. And also, yeah. I think I'd look great in, in, in Plum. Is Plum a colour? Plum? Yeah. 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 What about you? Um, French maid's I... outfit? Yvette? Yeah. Yeah. Go for that. There we go. And, and, and I, I went for that because obviously you've, you've, you've rocked up in that outfit for this episode. Yeah. Um, lost on our listeners. But I, um, I, I appreciate your dedication. It's really um, comfy, really comfy. Just don't, just, just leave the webcam where it is. Don't, don't tilt it any lower. Okay. I'm... What, like this? No! Oh, God. 